Right, good morning, everybody. Whoa. <laughs> Brian was right. It's, um, it is the first time I've done a morning service. I, I've done quite a few evening service when it was Elevation um, many years ago. But the last service I took was at uh, the beginning of last year. and was actually my mother-in-law's funeral, which was um, quite a touching, quite moving, and quite stressful, but praise God, quite brilliant service. So... Hopefully today we'll be a lot happier. Okay. Um, Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. We're going to start slightly differently. We're going to have a reading. Psalm 25 verses 1 to 12. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my saviour, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth, and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his ways. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful towards those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. There was a man who couldn't walk. He just lay on his mat all day. The man had four friends. They wanted to help, so they took him to Jesus. They got to the house where Jesus was, but it wasn't like a house that we have. It had a flat roof. So many people had come to see Jesus that they couldn't get through the door. So they climbed the stairs onto the roof and made a hole in it. They tied ropes to the mat and let it down through the roof to Jesus. When Jesus saw the man, he said, Your sins are forgiven. Some people were cross. How can Jesus forgive sins? They asked. Jesus said, it is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or get up, 
pick up your mat and go home. And the man stood up straight, folded up his mat and went home. That was absolutely brilliant. Way better than I thought it was going to be. So that was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. When I came up with that one, I thought, well, this could work. But that was fantastic. Excellent. In case you haven't uh, gathered, the first part of our service this morning is about trust and who you trust and whether you trust in God. So this bit's a bit different. Different. I need a volunteer, a volunteer who's quite a brave volunteer. And I've already sounded some people out in case I don't get a volunteer. <laughs> Let me tell you what the game is, Ben, and then if you want to do it, then you're more than welcome to do it, right? We're going to play what's called the trust game. Now, the trust game is basically where a person, any person, stands, holds his arms out, shuts his eyes, and just falls back. Right? Behind him will be Brian. And Brian will catch him before he hits the floor. Or her. Now, please take note, wasn't sure I'd get any volunteers. And if I did, I wasn't sure whether they'd need a crash helmet or a mat. So I've got a mat out and I brought my bike helmet which I had to go into the shed for and clean the spiders off this morning, so good luck if you want to wear that. <laughs> but I need a volunteer. Now, if you're good enough and strong enough and confident enough to do that, then please put your hand back up again. <laughs> you want to try it? Right, just stand at the front of the mat. No, no, no. Stand up front, Matt. We did, we did think about modifying this game because there was a program on TV a few weeks ago where a head teacher said to his group that he wanted them to trust, to, he wanted to, to know that he trusted them. He lined them up in front of the table and then he jumped off the table so that they could catch him. We didn't think that that would work in church because the front row might just get squashed. <laughs> so, right, what you need to do, hold your hands out. Now, close your eyes, right? Now, Brian is behind you, but you can't see him. All right. You believe he's there, though, don't you? Right. So, in, let's, let's not do it in your time because Brian needs to be ready. So, when I count to three, I want you to try and fall backwards without moving your feet. Brian, hopefully, <laughs> will catch you. <laughs> No, I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure the church is covered on his shoulders for this. No, no. Right. So, on three. So, it's one, two, three. Brilliant. Brilliant. Now, don't run away. Don't run away. I would just like to stay here for a minute. Anybody else want to try it? Come and try it. Carol, was you putting your hand up then? <laughs> right, so you're a bit smaller, so Brian needs to stand maybe a bit nearer. But same thing. So you look at me. 
Try not to move your feet, because if you move your feet, then it throws your balance off completely. All right, close your eyes. On the count of three. One, two, three. Brilliant. I just, just stand there. Right. Just going to get a mic. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about this. Oh, come forward. Sorry, I didn't see you. Are you, are you confident enough to try this? Brilliant. Don't bend. Whatever you do, don't bend. Okay. So, look at me. Arms out. You may be a bit, need to be a bit nearer. All right. Close your eyes. When I count, when I say three, and you just fall backwards, don't move your feet. One, two, three. Brilliant. Well done. No, no, no. Stay here if you can. Right. I just want to gauge your reactions to this, really. When you were stood there, waiting to fall backwards, what was you thinking? Is he going to catch her? Did you have complete and utter confidence that he would? No. You didn't? I actually didn't. Did you have any confidence that he would? About 50%. 50%, right? <laughs> You didn't believe that I would catch him. Wow. How about you? When you were stood there, what did you think? Uh, he would catch me. That he would catch you? You had no doubts at all. You could completely trust in him, even though you couldn't see him. Yeah. Okay. And how did you feel? Um, I felt that I was going by my head. <laughs> I'm sorry, but my helmet would have completely buried you, so it would have been no good for you at all. So, but you felt you were going to bang your head, so did that not make you scared? No. <laughs> Brave lady, this. <laughs> Thank you. Right, we all go back to your seats, please. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> I was the last resort if nobody volunteered and it wasn't going to be you catching me it was going to be after church <laughs> um, I, I actually sounded my daughter out to do that and my son both Emma and Danny before I came to church and, uh, and during the week because I knew, I knew this was what I wanted to do so I sounded them out to do it and I said well you know this is what I'm going to do this is why I'm going to do it this is what I'm going to say this is what, why I want to say it and uh, all week from Emma it's been I've got trust issues Got to, <laughs> said, have you seen the size of Brian? He's taller than me. He's not bigger than me. He's taller than me. <laughs> There's not a chance that he's going to drop you. And no, no. And then Danny, who's now six foot three, I tried to ask Danny to do it. And uh, mm, I got a study for my GCSEs. When are they, son? Oh, they start on Monday. Uh, okay, that's probably an acceptable excuse. So both of my kids chickened out of it. So there was no chance. So now. I've had three kids very kindly and brilliantly volunteer. How hard is that? To fall backwards, hoping, or is it believing someone will catch you? Believing someone is there, who can catch you and who can help you? Having faith and trusting someone you don't really know, you can't see, but you believe exists. In the story the guys, just, the guys just did for us, and then elaborated in the little well, they'll be elaborating in a little story on the screen in a short time. Sorry, I've got my notes in the wrong order. The man on the stretcher 
had that sort of trust and belief, as did his friends. That reading is in various different books in the Bible. It's in Luke chapter 5, verses 17 on, and the beginning of Mark chapter 2. The men had carried him some distance, believing, trusting Jesus would be able to help him. That's some serious belief. They carried a friend, and then when they got there, there was no way to get in. No easy way for them to get the stretcher into the room. Does that stop them? No way. They find a way and then somehow get the stretcher and the man up on the roof of the house. Again, no way in. So they make a hole and they are convinced completely, utterly, totally that Jesus can help their friend. But that's as far as we know without them ever having met him. Just knowing him. Just believing in him. They lure him into the room and Jesus rewards all their faith and trust by healing the man and telling him to get up. He is healed. When we put our trust in God, he always provides. Maybe not in the way you expect or not in the way you ask or not in the way you want, but he absolutely always provides. God's plan is for us to trust completely in him, completely in him, for all our needs. That's the very definition of Christian trust. But what is hard, so often we can forget, and we always try, me included, I'm biggest one of this, I'll try and manage things on my own. I'll forget about God, I'll forget about praying for it, I'll forget about thinking about it. The reality is, He's here. He's with me. All the time. He knows exactly where I am. He knows exactly my situation. He knows exactly what I need. That is the same with each person here. God is with you. Do you put your trust in him? Do you trust him completely? Is he, is he, everything for you? Colin, can we see them? Quick sketch again. All there. That's it. sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To wow, save the Lord. man. Clearly, he hasn't read the Torah. <laughs> Truly, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. We're, we're right. Don't you complain when you're the one who kept stopping for lunch and morning tea and rest breaks and dessert and... <sighs> I'm sorry, I know this was important to you. Hang on. Levi, afraid of heights, raise your hand. <laughs> what? Yay! Hey, V! Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do heal. What? Look. 
sky was what? Sins are forgiven. Forgiving sins? Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up and walk? Get up! Take your mat and go home. Most of you will know I've been involved in youth work for 25 years. I've never really been blessed with a lot of patients. Ask my kids that. I've had six of them, and they will genuinely tell you that I have absolutely no patience and work usually on the short fuse. And yet the work in the church, the youth work in the church, has been mightily blessed, not by people turning up on a Sunday morning, but in many other ways. It's been a journey that has been brilliant, memorable, and has touched a few lives, quite a few lives. And it's all been because of God. And it's all been because he has been with me every step of the way. There is no substitute for trusting in him and letting him lead, lead your life. I'd lie if I said it was easy, because it definitely isn't. But putting your trust in God is the answer to all your needs. Maybe not in the way you think, but it will be. As we move into the last part of our service, then we're just um, going to remember today. Today is the day that we celebrate Pentecost and the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit about many thousand years ago. We've got a couple of Bible readings. The first one comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, and then Andy will bring us Acts chapter 2, 14 to 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans?
Second readings from Acts, chapter 2, verses 14 to 21. Peter addresses the crowd. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. heard a a number of comparisons of the the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is like a a rushing wind and various different other things like that but the the one that sticks in my mind is a sketch that the BB did and I've done it numerous times both in church and at various different events it's called the appliance sketch now some of you will have seen this sketch, some of you will have seen it way more than once Some of you will have no idea what I'm talking about. But broadly speaking, the sketch has a number of electrical appliances. They're introduced to the audience. The boys would dress up as these. They'd be a a screwdriver, electric screwdriver, a vacuum, that was inventive, a clock, an alarm clock, a toaster, and the pièce de résistance. Stenner, the Stirlift from Warrington, who was Swedish. And you'll get the significance of that shortly. It was absolutely amazing to see the kids perform that sketch. None of them were real Christians. None of them had a real faith. But the sketch clearly said that without power, the appliances don't work. So each appliance was asked to perform and literally just went. Not a pleasant sight, but that's exactly what they did. And then suddenly, when somebody at the side of the stage pretended to flick the power switch, you had a screwdriver going round, you had a clock going tick, tick, you had a vacuum trying to hoover everything up, you had a stir lift trying to go down the stairs. You had absolutely everything working until they turned the power off. And then they stopped. Now that, just completely to me, showed how effective we are without the Holy Spirit. If we've been filled with the Holy Spirit, if we've let the Holy Spirit into our lives, this is God's power source. This is God's energy. If we've let that into our lives, then we can be effective for him. Our work becomes something that is, I'm not saying easy, significantly easier because we are being supported by the all-powerful God. That sketch 
was performed almost all over the country. We took part in national competitions and we, we performed it in Scotland. We performed it at churches in Northern Ireland. We performed it at um, Blackpool in the national display. 2,000 people watched us do it there. We then went to perform in the Fringe at the Christian Festival at Firm Foundations, which was another 3,000 people watching us on the Fringe. Well, we were all watching us at the time. But then it was so successful on the Fringe, they asked us to go into the Big Top. And I think that's at the time when Tony Campolo was the speaker that was following us. And for those people who've been a Christian a while or have heard that name, you'll know that was quite an achievement. We were his warm-up, <laughs> his warm-up comedian, if you like, with this sketch. And the reason is because the message is very simple. It is absolutely impossible to be effective for God without God. We all need his Holy Spirit. Today's that day. Today's that day we celebrate it. Today's that day we remember it. Doesn't just mean it lasts for today and then you go home and it's gone tomorrow. It means it's there. You have to be effective for it. You have to be effective with it. You have to move on with it. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Are you effective for God? I did think about looking for a DVD or a video that had this sketch on it and I thought, no, half the people in the church will have seen it be that many times. They'll be totally fed up of it. So I went on YouTube and I found a Lego sketch, which isn't the same, but at least it delivers the same message. I really hope they can help me, Father Black said, while heading for the entrance of the Swedish furniture store. Welcome to Okia, a voice sounded from the intercom. Enjoy our Pentecost weekend sale. Spirit lamps, 30% off. A parcel tables, 12% off. Is this the help desk, Father Black asked. Your, answered the man. Good, said Father Black. I need some help. Last week I bought a couple of double-decker benches so I could fit twice as many parishioners in my church. But I'm trying to follow the manual and I can't figure out how to put them together. The man answered. Father Black gave him a puzzled look. I'm sorry, I don't speak Swedish. Can you explain that again, please? The man answered. Took the planken together, put the screwins in the planken. Okay, yeah? No, not okay, said Father Black. I don't understand what you are saying. Hi, Father Black, he heard a familiar voice say. Is there a problem? Hi, Tim. I can't understand these Swedish instructions, Father Black sighed. I guess I need another Pentecost to understand this man. What do you mean, Father Black? How could Pentecost help you with your furniture? <laughs> Let me explain, said Father Black. Fifty days after Easter, and only ten days after the Ascension, the friends of Jesus were together in one place. Suddenly a noise came from the sky, like a strong wind, and it filled the entire house. And then tongues as of fire appeared, which parted and came to rest on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages. It was very busy in Jerusalem. People from every nation under heaven were in town. When they heard the sound, they all gathered in a large crowd. But they were confused. 
each one heard them speaking in his own language. Everyone was amazed. They asked, aren't these people there Galileans? Then how does each of us hear them in his native language? We are all from different countries, regions and backgrounds, and yet we hear them speaking in our own tongues of the mighty acts of God. You see, Tim, I wish the Holy Spirit would give me the gift of the Swedish language so I could understand these instructions. Well, I'm not sure if that will happen, said Tim, but my girlfriend Elsa here is from Sweden. I'm sure she can help. And Elsa talked to the people at Okea, and she and Tim went to Father Black's church to help him build his double-decker benches. That day, Father Black learned that the Holy Spirit is a helper, but he has also many other helpers, like Elsa and Tim. And the double-decker benches were a great success at Pentecost. Wait, 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 wait. I'd like to have some Swedish meatballs, please. Oh, great, Father Black thought. They even have a Swedish chef. It can be quite fun preparing for a service when you get a chance to look through things like this. I think that's the next BB sketch inside. In 2 Peter 1 verse 21, the Bible says that the Spirit of God moves his people to speak and do things for him. The Spirit gives us the strength and confidence to be effective for God. Andy's reading said, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Didn't see that saying just ministers and elders. That applies to everybody. In the very last verse, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's how you get saved. Call on the name of the Lord. Let me ask. Have you all done that? Have you all called on the name of the Lord? Are you saved? Are you filled with God's spirit? Are you effective for him? Are you being the person God wants you to be? If the answer to this is yes, then the last verse says that we're called to go out and speak it to everybody. Different tongues, different languages. We can't keep it to ourselves. We've got to share it. If the answer is no, and you want to talk to somebody about it, then there are a number of elders here this morning. Just please talk to us after the service. Let's just pray together. Dear Father, speak to us this morning, we pray. Fill us anew with your spirit and help us to be totally effective for, for you, both in our homes our workplace, and our community. Help us to radiate your love and let your spirit flow and shine through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.